Lord, we believe. Close in our unbelief. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. There's always weak moments in our in our faith, and that's quite ordinary to have times when you just uh, have this abundance of faith, and other times you have sort of a ebb tide of faith. And I decided last week, this week I was going to talk about worshiping and how we should prepare ourselves and how we should come to worship and what our mind should be doing as we do worship. I got a book. I love this book. I loved this book, Past Tense. And I had it beside my chair in our sitting room. And I used to read it. It's a dictionary. It's West, the Westminster Dictionary of Worship. And I pick up this. And it gives the whole history of why we do things. And I thought, well, I'll consult this book and see what they say about worship. They didn't define it. <laughs> so it's now gone back into the heat. But it is, it's kind of a good book if you like stuff like I do, a bunch of insignificant details that nobody really cares about. But I like the stuff like that. So when we come to worship, you know, if you wake up in the, in the morning, like I explained, my dad used to run into our bedroom and say, look at the day the Lord has given us. And he'd have this big smile on his face and it'd be raining cats and dogs out. But he was able to appreciate what he had. And that is another day on this earth with his wonderful son, Andrew. Not to mention my sisters and brothers, but at least it was me. He loved life and he loved everybody in his family and especially he loved God. And he was so appreciative when he'd come in and wake up in the morning. So when we come to church, are we all hassled? You know, uh, you know, you, you wonder, like if, you, if your parents say, well, are the boys going to behave today? Is Robert going to be the shining star? Or is Charles going to be? I mean, sometimes we get to church and we're sort of hassled, you know? And so we come in and then we try to sit down and worship. And it's tough. It's tough in our daily lives to bring ourselves to a place of just peace and solitude. When you come into the house of God, the church, there's the font back there with blessed water in it. And we invite you to dip your finger like this in there. And we'll follow the Son and Holy Ghost. It reminds us of, us, our, of our baptism. And our baptism was the opening of the gate to heaven. It doesn't fling it open all wide. It opens a gate, a crack. It's up to you to fling that gate all the way open and enter. So as you come in, if you, if you do that, great. If you don't do it, well, that's, that's okay too. But you should do it if you can. And then you come to your pew, and we're going to start next week. The deacon and or I will announce at the lighting of the candles that please try to be quiet. You know, it's okay to go. Put the conversation down. There are some people in this church, um, I'm not going to mention names, although I could mention two, they're sitting over on the epistle side, uh, that come into church and they actually sit and or kneel and focus in. And I get here sometimes and I'll walk down and I'll see them all, you know, like that. I'd like to talk to you and say something, but they're deep in prayer. And that's the way we should approach worship. Deep in prayer. Have you done it lately? Do you remember when you were a kid and you went to church, everybody was quiet in church? But we're just going to ask that five minutes before the service, we try to remain quiet. Now, there's some people that don't get here 
at the beginning of the service, so I'll announce this at the end of the service next week and at the beginning of the service, because I really like to see us do this. So I was all full of vinegar and whatever yesterday, and I was excited about this, doing this, and Brenda says to me, you know, you had tried that in Florida, and it flopped. <laughs> but we're going to try it again. We're going to make it work. And with your help, we will succeed. So we pray when we get to our pews. I pray most Sundays when I can remember at every pew. I used to pray. My prayer was, don't let me mess them up too much today. And I changed it. And it's please may they hear and in hearing be transformed. Because if we're not changed, if we're not transformed in our worshiping, then it's really we're taking up pew space, which in this church we can do because we've got pew space. But if you're in a church and you're not worshiping in the right way, you've just taken up pew space. Worship isn't something we do, it's the purpose of our existence. Every week, Christians throughout the world come together to share their faith and to worship God. But what really is going on when we worship? Now, you may not want to admit it, you may not even do it, but some of us have what I call helter-skelter brains. And when we come to worship, we're so worried about what happened previous to the service, what's going to happen during the service, and what's going to happen after the service. Uh, the Kingston Trio, many of you may remember that singing group years ago. Uh, there was a thing in there when they were introducing the hymn, those who are sinning now and those who are planning to sin a little later. You know, I, I wouldn't say that some of us come to church and are thinking about sinning later, but it's a possibility. You need to focus. You need to Focus on, I'm here to worship God. You also need to know that when you come to worship God, anybody that you have hair against, you got to let it go. You can't come and hold bad feelings towards anybody. you got to let it go. Let God handle it. I wish you could prepare ourselves. Is the beautiful psalm, Psalm 51, which... It's a hymn, I'm not sure which hymn it's in, but I think it could be in the one we're using today. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me a right spirit within me. Beautiful song. But it said, if you say it, mean it. Cast me not away from my presence, but make me be real close to you in my worship and in my life. We have issues to take up our, our mind space, we'll call it. And again, not forgiving others, sins past and present, shopping lists. A lot of stuff can take up our time as we worship. And you know and I know that as we sit there or stand there as I do and in worshiping, sometimes our mind goes adrift. We have to say, this is God's time, not my time. It's God's time. You know, and it, we can really commit ourselves to do it, but at the flash of a moment, the devil can get inside of us and make us stray. There was a, a movie out years ago, and a book written also, 
uh, Elmer Gantry. Any of you know that name? Elmer Gantry was a uh, a pastor who led a notoriously debauchery life, we'll say. A very sinful man. But Elmer Gantry said, I'm going to straighten out. I'm going to walk the right walk. I'm going to be what God called me to do. And he was really committed. This is in the last few sentences of the book. And he's processing in with a choir, going up to the altar, and he says, boy, she has nice legs. <laughs> God calls us to be straight towards him. The devil calls us to be evil like him. And that, Elmer Gantry, was, I, I remember that throughout the years, because God can touch him. Because the person trying the most to follow God is the devil's bait. Because it's hard to follow God sometimes, because sinfulness calls us astray. But when we're in church, we've got to do the right thing. So when you come into church, set yourself a goal. What am I going to do today? I'm going to worship God. Is it going to transform me? I hope so. Is it going to transform others? Are you going to help others be transformed? Did you feel any transformed? Worship, by definition, in my opinion, is transforming. You should come into church ready to hear the word of God, hear the word of God, receive, well, say your confession, by thought, word and deed receive the Lord's Supper and when you leave here you should be there should be a jump in your step almost because worship calls for transformation I want you to take out your prayer books if you would page three morning prayers before I do that I'm going to read just to you while you're getting to that page three, uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. I'm going to paraphrase something. Beginning. Worship is to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put the new self created over the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Remember what uh, Deacon Bryan said last week. This is your manual on getting to heaven. Right here. If you got one of these at home, it's your manual. Where do you keep your manual? Is it over on the bookshelf with dust all over? Or do you have it out to be read? I pray you do. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth keep silence before him. You can't worship if you're blah, 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 blah. You gotta keep silent and be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. I was glad when they said unto me, we will go into the house of the Lord. And then many priests say before they preach, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of, I say, I say, all our hearts, be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. 
Thus saith the high and lofty, one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I will dwell in the high and holy place with him. Also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart. The hour cometh and is now when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And the antiphon for Adam, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then we turn over to page nine. And on top of that page, page 80, would you say that along with me? O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves gladly in his arms. The Lord is a great God and a great King of all gods. In his hand is all earth to the earth, and strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it, and his hands were gathered by him. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. And then if you turn to page 20. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication unto him, unto thee, and dost promise that when two or three are gathered together in his name, thou wilt grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions of thy servants, as many be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come, life everlasting. And then it closes with, and we'll close with this too. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Now, I'm just a postscript. Sermon in now. If you don't have a prayer book, we probably have enough old ones around here that you can have one at home. But if you begin your day this is guaranteed. If you begin your day by saying morning prayers and maybe end your day by evening prayers or compliment, you will have, I guarantee it, a better day. Just try it. You don't have to do everything in morning prayers. You can skip around. That's the beauty about it. You can see I've got five, six minutes. And you can just do like the confession and then do these. But it'll put you in the right place to face your day. There's a lot out there to lead you astray. This will put you in a straight place. Try it out. Amen. Amen.